Ryan's working on my computer for me right now, so cool. he's gonna hit me up at some point to get some code. But mm-hmm. <sighs> hello, everybody! Whoa! Ooh. Already, shit's going wrong. Coffee de Mayday! Mayday! Botherina! Send help! Send help! Somebody! Send help! Toby is bad luck. I'm sorry. I did not. I had no part in that. Well, the the recorder just fell onto the floor. You distracted me. You. I blame you. I was talking to you. I leaned back. I forgot. I got out of my box. Mm-hmm. This is why I don't get out of my box. <laughs> <laughs> this is what keeps me. Oh, hello everybody, and welcome to Unbothered by Tyra Barra. As always, coming to you from high atop Tyra Barra Studios, aka Casa de Bijou. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just dropped my recorder, and now we're fine again. And uh, so, you know, my guest today is Toby Marashanu, who just distracted me. <laughs> it's part of my evil plan. It's going perfectly. Apparently. Yeah. And it is working perfectly. <laughs> it's on point. <laughs> so um, this was a weird start. It doesn't usually drop right at the beginning. It does. You don't choreograph. <laughs> it does drop at some point in almost every episode. To be honest, there's always a point where it ends up like falling over. Just usually, I end up acting like it didn't happen. <laughs> it's because you have those headphones plugged in. You've got like a three foot headphone cord. Yeah, so you have to well, it's because I, you know, it's such a long story with me and this situation and the podcast and. The way things work out, Toby, I really, I would love to tell it to you, but it would take up our entire hour. <laughs> you don't want a full episode about your headphone cord? <laughs> uh, no, no, not not today. Um, <laughs> you know, and technical difficulties and me trying to do things with one hand and, you know, that kind of stuff. I could really go into it. <laughs> but that's not why I have you here. Um, I want uh, your, okay. Toby is a comic here in L.A., Yes. I've known you since you were, were you living in the Bay or did you just hang out in the Bay? You know, I, I used to live in the Bay. I, I lived there for about a year and a half, but I actually met you for the first time when I was briefly in LA almost 10 years ago now, because I moved out here for a couple months right after college, but then I ended up going to the Northwest, Seattle and then San Francisco. Okay. So then uh, I, I remember you from San Francisco. So I guess oh, okay. I, I met up there then. yeah, I, I don't know why I thought I remembered you from San Francisco. Is that not correct? That could very well be correct. Did you, you were doing the spots in San Francisco, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I met a lot of people when I was in San Francisco to the point where a lot of comics think I'm from the Bay, mm-hmm. but you know, I've never actually lived there. I just had a good friend, Chris Doran, there. Oh, yeah. I know Chris. Yeah. And we were always uh, hitting as many mics as possible. And mm-hmm. um, so I got around the Bay a lot. Mm-hmm. And then you have one of my favorite shows slash podcasts. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that is. I mean, last week when I flew in from or drove in, actually, from um, Oregon, I immediately went to watch Unsafe Space. Yeah. And it was, um, you guys were talking about Russia, mm-hmm. and I know nothing about what's going <laughs> on over there. So yeah. I was like, let me go learn in a fun way. Because mm-hmm. that's what I like about your podcast. If you want, uh, t- talk a little bit about how it works and what your podcast is. Sure. Basically, uh, we pick a controversial topic for each episode or something that's in the news and, and really been a focus. And then people do stand up on it. And then we have a response from like experts who work in the field or study it, and then a discussion with them, the comics, and the audience. And we pass like a mic around the audience so people can chime in. Yeah, and I really like the comic part. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like the experts are fun, but are cool, um, but usually more just informational. Sure. Yeah. And the comics are silly. Like Kira Soltanovich was mm-hmm. last week, and Sophia Alexandra. Sophia Alexandra, yeah. Yeah, sh- they were both really fun, mm-hmm. um, especially when they got to that part where they were kind of outdoing each other with who <laughs> whose family had it worse. Yeah, yeah, that was great. <laughs> and Kira just finally was like, "You want to go? Are we gonna do it?" It was the best for me. My family got shot to death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, oh. Yeah, that's when up. Sophia had just kind of shut it down by, yeah. you know, mentioning that, yeah, her family got shot. <laughs> but it's great. That's that's part of the reason I love it, because you hear a different side of a lot of these comics, you know, and you might not know this about them. But, you know, a lot of people have connections to these issues that are in the news, like, you know, Sophia and Kira, both, uh, I believe, born in Russia. Um, yeah. and came over here and have all sorts of stories. And they're both funny comics, but you wouldn't 
you wouldn't have heard all the history unless they had the opportunity to explore it more fully. Yeah, because I've known Kira for several years now, mm-hmm. and I never knew. I never even knew that she was from Russia. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I didn't know that she had come here. I had just assumed, you know, that she was born in the United States. And, mm-hmm. you know, because if you talk to her, she doesn't have an accent. It's not like what you typically think about when you think about somebody that was born yeah. in Russia. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like. Which I don't know if just some people put more effort into it or what happens. Because I know people that have been here longer mm-hmm. than Kira. Well, I think Kira, if she, I think she came over, if, if she wasn't in fact born here. I know her parents are from Russia. But I think she came over when she was quite young. So uh-huh. at the very least. So um, I think that's part of it. But it is also interesting how, how much variation there is there. Even like, um, and, and sometimes people grow up here and they still... Um, have accents. Samir Suri, you know him? Yeah. He's, uh, he talks about that, how he grew up in a kind of an insular immigrant community here. And there were people who grew up in California and, you know, they're in first grade and they're, they're speaking with accents, you know? Yeah. I had Samiri um, on Unbothered. Mm-hmm. If you guys don't remember, fellow fag, Samir <laughs> Suri. Uh, he was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but he, um, I think he's sometimes a little too smart for people. <laughs> <laughs> he is he is really smart. He really he reads like nine newspapers a day or something insane. He's one of those people. Yeah, he's really smart and he like when he decides to talk about anything, he usually really knows his shit. And mm-hmm. I think that intimidates a lot of people when they're talking to him, you know. Yeah. I saw it happen at a podcast where um they were talking to him about politics mm-hmm. and he just went, you know kind of went off on it and mm-hmm. they weren't ready for it. It was just kind of like, oh, well, we hadn't expected anybody to actually know what they were talking about, you know? Totally. And he's got like this, such this like flamboyant, fun-loving vibe that you don't expect him to like really know his shit the way he totally does. Yeah, and he throws in his quickie, uh, his quippy little jabs here and there, mm-hmm. you know, while he's doing it. And it's, mm-hmm. real, it's really fun to watch. That's why he's another person that I'll actually make my way out to see every once in a while when mm-hmm. he's going to be doing something like that. I've seen his stand-up a bit and I'm a fan of his stand-up, but more than anything, I like watching him do, like, panel. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is something a lot of people wanted me to talk about, which I don't know why, but um, Bill O'Reilly. Huh. Okay, yeah. What are your thoughts? And then I'll tell you mine. <laughs> well, I mean, it seems like he's had sexual harassment allegations against him forever, and they're finally catching up with him. I don't, I don't know what happens new this time, you know? But, I mean... You know, I believe them. <laughs> These aren't even coming from like, you know, super liberal sources or anything. These are like Fox News anchors who are saying it. So we're in the exact same spot, like as far as that goes. Like I don't believe anybody's lying, but I also don't know why it's all of a sudden become a big deal. I mm-hmm. think it should have been a big deal the first time it happened. Yeah. Because obviously they've been paying out, and I'm I'm not even a person who follows Bill O'Reilly, mm-hmm. but I've known about his allegations forever. I yeah. mean, like you know, for the better part of ten years now, mm-hmm. we've been hearing about it occasionally, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, you know, why is it all of a sudden now you decide to make it a real issue? It's the same thing like with Bill Cosby, right? I mean, Hannibal Burris, what set it off was him being like, just Google it; it's already there. But for some reason, people just look the other way forever and then suddenly yeah they, they i wonder can't. what it is i mean like i guess maybe just the way that social media works these yeah. days it might have been like also roger ailes i don't know if i guess he's not there anymore and he was kind of the ceo and was sort of notorious for that as well so maybe he was kind of protecting him and now he's not there anymore yeah well that would make sense i forgot about the roger ailes thing like he but the same thing though you know it was yeah. like I guess, you know, maybe people just aren't in the mood to put up with that shit anymore the way they used to. Because <laughs> it did used to be pretty common. Like, I tell people all the time, all you have to do is look at movies from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I remember there's that scene in Mr. Mom. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen the movie Mr. Mom? When I was, like, my kid. Yeah, well, there's this scene where uh, Terry Gar, who plays the wife, you know, um, and the breadwinner in that situation... Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes on a business trip and her boss is like wearing a robe and chasing her around, you know, <laughs> yeah. and like that wasn't considered like it was considered like a sleazy thing to do, mm-hmm. but it wasn't particularly wrong. Yeah, it you know? wasn't. 
It was a boys will be boys thing. I yeah, think, and she wasn't know? gonna have any kind of real recourse, or nobody <laughs> wondered that on the, you know, after watching the movie, like, I wonder what she's gonna do about that. It was like, <laughs> Is she gonna file a, a complaint? Yeah, it's just time? like, yeah, she's gonna show up to work on Monday if she's smart. You know, <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, it's sad. I mean, but it is like, I mean, it's not in all cases. I mean, obviously, you know, Trump has certain allegations against him and Clinton did. And, you know, I mean, they're still alive and kicking, you know? Yeah. And that's one of the things that did bother me when people kept talking about Trump and the grabber by the pussy situation. And even the way I saw it handled on The View at one point with Joy Behar, mm -hmm. um, she referred to the Clinton accusers as... I don't remember ex the exact term she used. I think it was like these tramps that have, mm -hmm. um, you know, because they were talking about Hillary. And then she was like, well, what's Hillary supposed to say? You know, mm -hmm. when somebody brings out these tramps that have slept yeah. with their husband. And it's like, that's not what the accusation is. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's just claiming that they slept with him, you know, or yeah. that's it was harassment. It's also <laughs> really weird to refer to them as tramps when he slept with them. <laughs> you know, it's not like he was a passive party in this. Yeah. And, the, you know, that's what, and, but nobody picked up on it. I mm -hmm. mean, like I saw a few like more conservative type, mm -hmm. um, Twitter personalities, like, tweet out a clip of it and ask you know where are the social justice warriors now mm -hmm. but the fact that nobody picks up on that and is like you know well it's either wrong for both sides or it's right for both sides mm -hmm. you know it can't be so selective like you know it's cool if bill clinton does it but if and really i'm on that i'm on the side of i don't think anybody should be doing it yeah you know especially when it comes to actual rape and sexual assault mm -hmm. Then that also gets kind of murky and you get accused of victim blaming if you ask any questions, which to me really sucks because mm -hmm. it's like, well, how are we supposed to figure out? And it's not like nobody's ever accused anybody falsely of yeah. rape or sexual assault. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a weird spot to be in. Yeah. I mean, you know, you do have, you know, an innocent until proven guilty standard in the court system. I mean, I think you also have to just as a person you know, you don't need to have that to form an opinion about what probably happened. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, when you when you get this idea that you should always 100% believe what the woman says, you get situations like the Rolling Stone article, you know, mm -hmm. where they did this whole investigation and, you know, trashed this fraternity or whatever, and it turns out that there was no basis for it, you know, or the Duke lacrosse thing a few years ago. Yeah. You know? And I mean, you have to have be able to have some amount of skepticism, but it should also be balanced out, you know, by having compassion and realizing that, you know, most people who accuse probably are, you know, responding to something real that happened, especially if multiple, if you have multiple people or something like that, you know, you, you, you know, it, it becomes less and less plausible to think, oh, it's all just all a fabrication. Yeah, like the Bill Cosby situation, even if you don't believe every single one of the accusers, you have to believe some of them. It's like, why would all these women, especially with that many, it's like, why would all these women make up this same yeah. story or, you know, and they all kind of have the same theme to them with the being drugged or waking up mm. groggy or that kind of, you know, so it's, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, it's weird for me because in a lot of cases, I'm... Uh, on the side of social justice warriors with certain things, I just mm -hmm. don't always like the way they come at things and it yeah. makes it so I can't really support it, mm -hmm. you know? And sometimes it's like, yeah, I kind of believe what you're saying or I agree with what you're saying, but I just don't like the way you say it. So I'm not going to have your back or I'm definitely not going to bat for you and acting like, you know, I support the way you say things. Yeah, it is frustrating. I mean, is it, I think you mentioned it in an earlier podcast. I was listening to the one from last week and stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, thank you for the shout out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was doing my taxes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, it's very all or nothing, you know, and if, if you're not a thousand percent with them, you know, to a knee jerk extent, then you're against them. You're evil. You're hiding something, you know, and that's really turns people off. And it's just not intelligent. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, let's be real people. Let's not feel like we have to be in, in lockstep. And it particularly alienates me, I guess, because, you know, maybe I, I think I started out like more liberal and I remembered like when people, when George Bush was like, you're with us or you're against us. Mm -hmm. And everyone left was like, no, fuck that. You can be, you can dissent. You can, there's such a thing as nuance and, you know, we're going to use our whole heads here, you know, and to see it flip out 
uh, you know, flip flip in the other direction, I think, uh, you know, alienates a lot of people like me who are more moderate, you know. But at the same time, I, I, I don't want to be like that, you know, there's the anti-SJW thing where it's like, no, no, all these women are always lying all the time about rape. And it's like, no, you know, sexism exists, racism exists. You have to acknowledge these problems. But at the same time, you can't wig out and... and, and and go nuclear all the time and you know yeah i'm willing to be a lot more case by case with everything and Mm -hmm. that bothers people and i don't think that there should ever be anything wrong with asking a question Mm -hmm. as long as you're not you know you lying bitch why would you say this (laughs) like that's not the way you ask a question but you know i mean just to be like hey well what about this or there seems to be an inconsistency here Mm -hmm. can anybody explain this for me i don't think there's anything wrong with that black lives matter was one where it did get on my nerves with the way that people treated it because it's like well i you know agree with what you're upset about but i don't agree with you shutting down a freeway mm-hmm. and then people wanted to call me racist about that and it yeah. was like why am i racist for not thinking it's okay for you to <laughs> shut down a freeway like yeah. that's nothing against your this color of your skin or the color of the people that are even protesting especially when with black lives matter that was a fair that was kind of a mixed movement as mm-hmm. far as race went yeah there were a lot of white people that mm-hmm. were you know, on the side of Black Lives Matter. So for me, it was like, you know, if anything, yeah. I think liberal white people get in there and fuck things up more than anybody <laughs> else, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, one thing with that, I remember I did like a ride share with this guy who was uh, a photographer who had been at one of those Black Lives Matters march where they ended up shutting down the freeway. But he said like, yeah, like most people were not down to shut up the freeway. But then this fringe group just showed up like after this whole protest. And then they're like, we're going to shut down the freeway. And like most of the protesters weren't even on board with that. But like if I post something online, like they shouldn't have shut down the freeway, but I support their cause. Then like I'm the, the bad guy because I pose this fringe element even of this protest, you know? Yeah. as uh, Like Berkeley is another example of that. Mm-hmm. Like... I just don't understand everything being such a tantrum Mm -hmm. in Berkeley. Like, I get it. Protest. Do what you want to do. But you don't have to set shit on fire. You don't Mm -hmm. have to break stuff. You don't have to physically assault people. Like, that's where it's like one of those situations where it's a good example of where I get, you know, like... But then really in Berkeley, a lot of times I don't get it. Because a lot of times in Berkeley, what they seem to be fighting are words and ideas. Yeah. Well, I think there's like a general, generally people equate now, oh, your words are violence, uh-huh. you know, and they make that and that, okay, so that if they're being violent to me, then I can justify being physically violent. But I mean, the truth is that words aren't violence, generally speaking. I mean, like, you know, at least the words they're talking about generally are a lot milder than they make them out to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, so... Especially when some of us embrace those words, Mm -hmm. you know, like um, the word faggot is supposed to be so terrible, Mm -hmm. but I identify as a faggot. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like I prefer fag or faggot Mm -hmm. as opposed to like gay man or, you know, because I think that fag better describes what I am. Mm -hmm. And then I um, I have it saved somewhere, but there was a tweet or maybe it was a Facebook post from Calpurnia Adams. I don't know if you're familiar with her. I'm not. No, she's a trans woman. Has been a you know, pretty much an activist and one of the forerunners in really fighting for trans rights. Mm -hmm. And she had posted on Facebook one day that every once in a while she likes to reconnect with the word tranny, Mm -hmm. and she kind of explained why. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like you know, if you have people that identify as these protected classes, so to speak, but at the same time aren't particularly offended by these words Mm -hmm. it's like why should we all take on your emotions because you really are offended by these words how Mm -hmm. about you feel the way you feel about these words and i feel the way i feel about these words Mm -hmm. and we can both just be who we are (laughs) yeah you know we don't have to all take the same you know now i'm supposed to be offended just because you're offended yeah we don't have to take it all upon ourselves to set the rules for everyone else you know yeah you can just feel your own thing and say your own piece yeah and it and, like, I get it when people are being disrespectful, but in a lot of cases, sometimes people just need to be told politely mm-hmm. how things work, you know, what they're allowed to say or what they're not allowed to say. Like, I tell people all the time, 
I use the word tranny when I want to, mm-hmm. but I know how to use it, <laughs> you know? And so I tell, like, when I'm talking to straight audiences, I'll mm-hmm. even say in so many words, do not say this word because you will lose your job, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So mm-hmm. don't do what I do at all. You know, my job is different. What I do is different. The way mm-hmm. I do things is different. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't, yeah, I don't understand being like, these are now the rules and we're all going to abide by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's never like, we're going to get consensus from everyone, <laughs> and then we'll set the rules. It's like, I have a blog, so I get to set them. Yeah. And if 50 of my friends like them, like this post and share it, then that means it's ratified, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, that's and it really is. Yeah, it's, that's all it takes now is just, you know, I've got so many likes, so clearly the world agrees with me. And it's like, it's 50 people out of how many? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was having a conversation earlier and sometimes you're just kind of damned if you do or damned if you don't, you know, like, um, there was a situation with Lena Dunham, Mm -hmm. you know, when she got upset with that football player because at the Met Gala, he Mm -hmm. didn't like look at her in any particular way. Mm -hmm. He didn't acknowledge her. And so then she was like, you know, so I guess I'm just completely nothing to you. You don't see me even Mm -hmm. as a woman or that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, well, if he had talked to you, that would have been catcalling or harassing you in some way, but then he doesn't talk to you. And now he's, you know, completely ignoring the fact that you're even a woman or you exist. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think for me, that's what really made it. Like I can understand you if you were to say like, you know, this person kind of served me shade or didn't acknowledge Mm -hmm. me at all. And it seemed kind of rude or whatever, like that kind of thing. But when you bring in the fact that, you know, I guess it's because you don't see me in a sexual way, like that's what your point is. It's like, well, I thought you've been saying you don't want people to objectify you. Yeah. I guess that's the secret is there's always a rule that you're going to break or you're going to, you know, you can find yourself in violation of, you know, and, uh, and also, I mean, I, I think that's just an odd way to sort of project, A, your own securities and someone just not looking at you once <laughs> and be like, you know, to like generalize about, you know, a uh, group of people or something like that based on one momentary experience when you don't know what's going on in his head. Maybe he's distracted. Maybe he doesn't recognize you. Maybe, you know, <laughs> he's not interested in you. Like it's... It's to, to be like, I, I saw you in this five seconds, and in my head, I created an entire picture, not just for what you were thinking, but for why you were thinking it and how everyone in your situation would do that to me because of who I am. Yeah, and he's a football player. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a good chance he doesn't watch girls. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, it's just, I know that there's plenty, of, like, I was at um, the, what was it, the... All Deaf Digital Movie Awards. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that there were a lot of people there that are technically quote-unquote celebrities mm-hmm. that I just didn't even know were celebrities. Sure. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure they do different things, like whether it's, you know, underground rappers or, you know, mm-hmm. like models. But I'm just not familiar with everybody. So I'm sure there's a lot of people that I didn't treat as any kind of celebrity but it wasn't because I was trying to be shady with them. I mm-hmm. just didn't know who they were, you know? So yeah, um, I think that happens quite a bit, especially in LA when you're so focused on what it is you do, mm-hmm. you know, cause in standup, well, even in standup, a lot of times I don't know some of the other standups that are pretty well yeah. known. Hey, I mean, I don't even recognize people I've met before. <laughs> I know? do that all the time, yeah. So, like, why would I recognize someone from some show that I might not have even seen, you know? Yeah, the time I got laughed at for it, and I didn't appreciate it, was with Jimmy Dore. Uh-huh. Because I didn't know Jimmy Dore. Yeah. And he, I met him at the Slow Comedy Festival, mm-hmm. and he came up to me after the show and was like, you know, I think you're really funny. And he mm-hmm. was like, you know, talking to me and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, thanks. And so, you know, I was trying to be cool and just start conversation back. I didn't even know he was a comic, you know, yeah. and I was just like... I was just like, so how did you find out about the show? (laughs) (laughs) And then he was like, I was on like two after you. Yeah, yeah. And then one of the other comics started laughing, which made it worse. Mm -hmm. And then I think Jimmy Dore at that point thought I was maybe being shitty with him or something. Uh. So it was uncomfortable for (laughs) 
you know, like we ended up making it cool later, mm-hmm. but it was uncomfortable for a while. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. I and I didn't mean anything at all. I wasn't, you know, like literally what I told you was what it was. Like I just I wasn't familiar and I mm-hmm. don't know, you know, I don't know every comic and what they do. Yeah. I mean, I feel like every comics has to understand that situation because you meet so many people. You're on so many shows with so many comics. You know, you're on one show with someone once. You're not necessarily going to remember them six months later, you know? Yeah, and I I don't get upset when people don't know me or don't mm-hmm. recognize me. I'm I'm not at all worried about that. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, mm-hmm. there's a million comics. I almost feel a little bit better when someone does recognize me because I feel less bad about how many people I forget. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, phew. <laughs> it's just not just me being terrible. <laughs> I feel good about it, but for a different reason. I just feel like, all right, clean slate. I don't have to deal with what this person thinks of my opinions on Facebook or, you know, the fact that... I got into it with one of their friends at some point on social media or, you know, I don't have to deal with any of that. So mm-hmm. a lot of times I'm very happy when people don't know who I am. <laughs> like, yeah, this is good. <laughs> it's a good place Nothing to, start. to apologize for. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing that does bother me is I don't mind people not agreeing with things I say, but it seems like everybody does want an apology now. Mm. And I've been very clear. You're not going to find it here. (laughs) I don't care what I do. I'm just not apologizing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I'll clear things up with people, but I'm not apologizing because you didn't like what I said. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, why would I apologize? Yeah. Teach their own. I mean, I'll apologize if I feel like I've done something that I do regret. But at the same time, I I feel like the people who want apologies often are people who are shittier to me than I am to them so I'm like well we can both apologize or or I'm not going to because you know even if I regret it I don't feel like I should have a unilateral obligation to yeah well that's like if I've done something wrong or every once in a while I'll feel bad about the way that I approached a situation and then I'll apologize Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to apologize to you just because I said something that you don't like yeah yeah. that's where I'm not apologizing you know Mm -hmm. like um I know that at one point, I thought somebody was giving me a vibe that they weren't giving me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ended up finding out from a mutual friend later yeah. that they weren't giving me that vibe. And I was on stage, mm-hmm. and I was having one of those days where I was just kind of tired of people somewhat attacking me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just went after this particular person while I was on stage, you know. And I didn't completely go after them as a person, but I was just, you know, kind of mm-hmm. shitty. Yeah. And so later on, I was like, yeah, well, when I talk to them, I'll let them know <laughs> that, you know. So they weren't in the room? Or? Oh, yeah, they were in the room. Oh, okay, just making sure. Yeah, but then uh, later on, they were talking to a mutual friend, and they were like, I know Ty thought that I was, like, judging him at that point, but I really wasn't. The only mm-hmm. thing I don't like about Ty is that he makes me laugh at things that I shouldn't be laughing at. <laughs> Oh, that's a compliment. <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, but I thought they were giving a different vibe than they were giving, you know? So I, and once in a while I do that, but that just comes from having to deal with so many people's fucking shit. Yeah. You know, it's like, I can't always be responsible for the way you feel. <laughs> I don't feel like you ever take responsibility <laughs> for the way people feel. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm saying they always want me to tell me. Uh, Fair enough, fair enough. (laughs) You know, there's always a little bit of like, you're supposed to feel this way because I felt this way about what you said. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, with me in a lot of cases. I don't know. Have you dealt with any of the, like, because, oh, there was one that you really turned into a little bit of a shit storm for you. And that was when you said that... um, the women that are going after certain comedy clubs or venues should go after like UCB and some of the ones that they. Oh, for like Louis CK and whatnot. Yeah. 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 yeah that was a little bit. I feel like every like six months or a couple months I'll have a shit storm because there's some like, there's some cause of the day within the comedy community or within the, you know, just the general left wing community, which is like 99% of my Facebook feed. And it becomes very one-sided, and I'll just sort of try to throw a wrench into things, if I, if I believe it's just warranted. 
but I think in that case it was, um, yeah, it was, there was like this whole thing where there's a guy accused of rape, um, in the comedy community and it was an anonymous accusation. Like no one knew who was saying it or what the accusation was. And he was banned from one venue. Um, and then a lot of, a, a couple other venues banned him because they're like, Oh, if you're banned by one person, you're banned from us too. But you know, he never knew what people were saying about him. He never knew like that and stuff. And turns out later on, he is a total shitbag, and apparently, you know, very likely did do this. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, the idea of it was just that the, the rhetoric, you know, Oh, if, you know, if you have an accusation against you, you gotta, you gotta believe it and you gotta act on it. And it was just like, well, what about Louis CK who was, you know, had accusations about him for multiple women and, you know, people were very upset with him, but somehow he still gets a pass to go on all these clubs that are banning this other guy. And it's like, what, if you're funny enough, you get a pass for sexual assault. Like if you're respected enough in the community, you get a pass. And so it was just kind of like, um, it was just kind of putting that out there as a double standard that I felt like was being advanced. Yeah. I, um, had a similar take on something to do, maybe even the same guy or whatever. But it, my thing was, if you're not going to tell me what it is they supposedly did, mm -hmm. why am I supposed to be a part of helping ruin this person's career? Yeah. Like, that's what I don't get in a lot of those situations. And then it's, you know, some person will chime in and be like well i saw it well who the fuck are you mm -hmm. you know why am i supposed to take your word <laughs> i don't even know who you are really and now yeah. i'm supposed to believe secondhand information that you supposedly saw and i don't even know if you actually saw it or mm -hmm. you're just saying that because you want to have the person's back mm -hmm. and i still don't know what it is yeah like i might not even consider that to be a big deal mm -hmm. you know there have been times where I was supposed to be outraged as a gay man. And I was like, yeah, I'm not really outraged, mm -hmm. you know? So, and I'm not saying that these accusations were the same, but to me, it's like, yeah, I kind of have to know. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I don't have to know anything if you're just going to handle it on your own. And that's mm -hmm. between you and the courts and whatever else. But if you're saying as a community, we should all make sure that this person doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. Then I think I should at least be able to ask what it is they did. Mm hmm. Yeah, it feels sometimes like it's like, here's your pitchfork, let's go. And you're like, wait, where are we going? What are yeah. We doing? <laughs> yeah. What am I supposed to do with this? You know, am I just supposed to start poking people? And, or like, and I don't know what they did still, so I don't know why I'm poking them. I guess mm. I just poke them for the fuck of it so that I can be like everybody else. Yeah. You know, I didn't, um, the best selling situation seemed to spiral out of control in a lot of ways too. And, you know, I, it was, I stayed out of it because for me, I was like, I don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. And I don't, you know, I read what she put on Facebook, but even when she gave like her reason on Facebook for why she did it, I really didn't agree with that. She was like, I just didn't want to have to deal with being cross examined or having anybody ask me any questions. And it's like, well, then that's not really fair. Mm. Well, I mean, I think what the Beth Stelling thing i guess maybe i had a different reaction because you know she posted pictures of her bruises and stuff like that and i know her personally you know we've done shows together mm -hmm. and so for me it wasn't a situation where it's like an anonymous accuser you know with the existence of an allegation for her it seemed like there was more evidence being put forth and i felt like you know uh and, you know i mean at some level you're doing a gut reaction you know um, I'm not a, a, a jury or, or anything, but at the same time, I recognize that, you know, sometimes the justice system isn't, we don't have a great justice system, you know, it's really hard to press a case against someone. It takes years. It's, I can understand why it's traumatic. I can understand why you might not have, you know, forensic evidence a month later or have conflicts, you know, conflicted feelings within yourself. So I, you know, I, I looked at the evidence that she put forward and I was like, yeah, you know, I believe you. I'm convinced. And I think that this is a situation where, you know, I, I, I feel justified in 
not that I like really participated in, you know, I don't, uh-huh. I never knew who the person she, you know, um, who she had dated was, but I mean, I mean, I know her, na- I know their name now, but yeah. like I didn't know them personally. I never heard of them, but like, you know, I didn't feel like there was a, a travesty of justice there. Yeah. I think for me, part of the thing is I've known a lot of people, male and female that have been in toxic relationships. Uh-huh. So sometimes I run into that when people talk about, you know, abuse, I'm like, was it straight up abuse like that? Or is that a toxic relationship that you're both willing participants in Mm -hmm. sometimes you know i have to wonder that it's like you know were you both fighting each other Mm because i know plenty of girls that have fought guys you know my sister being one of them (laughs) like Uh, her and her um she's dead now you know Mm -hmm. like um but uh and it wasn't from from domestic domestic. (laughs) yeah it wasn't this might have just taken a very dark turn (laughs) yeah it wasn't from domestic violence but uh she died uh, several years ago but she was in a you know a mutually abusive relationship they were just in a toxic relationship Uh and at first we really as a family were trying to get her out of it and but then after a while it was like well we can't just keep making him the bad guy mm-hmm. when she'll th- say things in her own words where she's like, you know, he was driving down the street. We were driving down the street together. He was the one driving and uh, he said something that pissed me off and I punched him in the side of his head. Mm-hmm. And then he pulled over and we got in a fight and mm-hmm. him being a bigger man, he obviously was going to get the better of that situation. Mm-hmm. But it's like, really, what are you supposed to do if you're driving down the street and somebody punches you in the side <laughs> of the head, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I guess, I don't know. It's kind of a, I, I guess I'm of the school where I don't think it's okay to hit a woman under any circumstances. I know some people say like, Oh, it's equality or whatever. I think like if you're in that situation, um, if you're, if, if you're in a toxic relationship, you're hurting someone, uh, it's not right. You should get out of that. I think that's getting out of the relationship is the proper response. I think, you know, physically injuring them is not, but I mean, you know, I've never been in that situation, but but still, I, I guess I sort of kind of believe that at the core. Yeah, I believe it, too. And in a perfect world, that's what would happen. Mm-hmm. But there are people that have been raised in different situations, <laughs> you know, like some people do, once you hit them, don't even see a male female thing. Like some mm-hmm. people just see it as they've been at that point attacked by somebody, mm-hmm. you know. So that's where I have gotten in trouble for saying um that I think that male or female, you should just keep your hands to yourself. I agree. And then I've had people jump on me for that, and they're like, well, a man should still never hit a woman. And it's like, well, once you put your hands on somebody else, you can't look to me for any kind of, you know, I'm, Sympathy yeah, I'm yeah. just not having your back at that point. It's mm-hmm. like, you should not have put your hands on that person because you don't know what they've been through when they were younger. Like, we'd like to say that that's the situation, but... You know, what if a man was raised being beat by a woman, you mm-hmm. know, like his mother was abusive and that's just a trigger for him. So when somebody hits him, he doesn't care who it is. He just goes on the attack, mm-hmm. you know, so you don't know what it is the other person's dealing with as far as I go, the way I see it, you know. Yeah. And so it's just the best way is just not to put your hands on anybody that you don't want to hit you. <laughs> that's. Yeah. You know, but. But I mean, you know, and I mean, I guess it's unfortunate that. And all this has nothing to do with Beth anymore, by the way. (laughs) I'm not. No one's ever said that I think that Beth was physical or anything. Yeah, no, no, I'm not. uh, None of this is uh, in any way to do with Beth. It's just where the conversation has led. But, you know, or what my um, why I ask the questions that I ask sometimes or Mm -hmm. sometimes I choose to stay out of things. And that's, again, where I don't think it's fair for people to expect you to jump in because it's like, well, if my com- my thinking is completely different from yours, so I just choose to keep my mouth shut and not really get involved with it. But then you pressure me to, like, have an opinion. So then I give you my opinion and then you're mad at me for that. It's like, well, you should have never bothered me that much with this. <laughs> you know, you should have just left it at, okay, I don't say anything. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think, and I think people should be feel free to express an opinion. And if I disagree with you, I feel free to tell you that. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not gonna be angry that you you have it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like, I mean, I, I, yeah. 
It just makes it so we can't really know each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, it's good. Even if you don't agree with someone, even if you decide like their thinking is so different from yours that you really would rather not spend time with them. Yeah. At least you know what it is they think or that, what kind of person you're cutting off. You know, mm. it's like, okay, well, I got a pretty good idea of what you are and it's just not what I'm in line with. So there's really no reason for us to hang out. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly... It's not to say that any opinion is – like if someone has said, oh, yeah, it's fine to you know beat, beat the shit out of your kids. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be like, well, that's your opinion. <laughs> Everyone's entitled to theirs. I'd be like, that guy's a fucking <laughs> asshole. I'm not hanging out with him. Maybe I give him a piece of my mind. But, I mean, I, I guess at some level I feel like I'd rather know that and I'd rather have people say that than just be like – knowing you 10 years and then uh, you lose your kids and I'm like, holy shit, it was a child abuser this whole time. Yeah. (laughs) You know, the only time we ever got into it on Facebook, uh, the two of us was, it was about that guy that, uh, I think it was about, um, I'm remembering it now. I think it was about the, whatchamacallit, Khan. Yes. That's who it was. I was trying to remember. The parent of the soldier who died and, and uh, spoke at the Democratic National Convention. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was because, like, I was technically getting into it with one of your friends. hmm And she... See, because to me, what I was trying to say was, I just don't particularly look at that man as an expert in anything. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why I was supposed to treat his opinion with any more weight than anybody else's. With, uh, his opinion on, on which specific topic well remember he had said something uh, at the convention Mm -hmm. and everybody was acting like that was the final word and we were just Mm -hmm. supposed to listen to him Mm -hmm. and or a lot of people were and i was just like you know i don't and i didn't think that donald trump or anybody else owed him any particular amount of respect i mean i think i yeah i guess i think he's owed some respect i mean uh, I guess it depends if you're considering respect for his opinion as a quote-unquote expert or just respect for his experience, you know, raising a, a, a child who went on to give his life for the country, you know, as a Muslim. Um, I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, you, you very often hear uh, from the families of people who have been affected by tragedy at, you know, whether it's, you know, Trump, at his convention, at his speeches, so often have, like, the mothers of people who have been killed by illegal immigrants and stuff like that, you know? And, uh, you know, is Khan, is he a policy expert? You know, maybe not, but, like, um, you know, is it worth listening to him and, and acknowledging that there are people who are in the boat, the same boat as him, where they've you know, love this country and been observant Muslims. And then, uh, you know, their child gives their life for this country and then they still feel um, like this leading presidential candidate is maligning them on the basis of their religion. And I think that, I think that's a valid perspective to hear. And I respect him more than I would like, you know, someone who's just some random comic like suburban comic, you know, who's has their opinion based on an article they read, you know, I I respect someone for having that really gritty firsthand experience, you know? Yeah. I listen, I don't mind, but Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm supposed to treat it with any particular amount of weight. Just like I don't, when it comes to, like you mentioned the um, people that talk about the immigrants that, I mean like, yeah, I'll listen to your story, but that doesn't mean that I owe you a particular amount of respect or really anybody does. It's like people die every day. Mm -hmm. People die from different things every day. So yeah, I can listen to your experience and be like, yeah, okay, I get it, and I hear you, and I understand that that's, you know, a particular thing that happened in your life, and it definitely gives me a different kind of perspective on it. But when all of a sudden I'm supposed to now, what, not vote for the person that I'm voting for because you said that you feel a particular way Mm -hmm. as a Muslim, and really, when did I become so concerned with Muslims anyway? I don't think that they're particularly concerned with my plight as a gay man. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just like, no, I don't. Well, I mean, you know, 
some might be, you know, I mean, it, you can't really, you know, I mean, obviously there's going to be a variety of opinions within the community and, um, you know, I mean, Muslims have become, I guess in the campaign, it was something of a political issue because part of Trump's platform was, was banning Muslims from immigrating to the country. So, I mean, you know, I, I think it's a, a relevant topic, but I mean, I, I can sympathize with sometimes, you know, on social media, people think, oh, look what he said, mic drop, you know, one, one, you know, gold star father tells it like it is Trump is destroyed. You know what I mean? And then it's mm -hmm. like, no, you know, I still have other opinions. I still have, you know, other factors that are going to go into my vote. But I mean, yeah, I, and that's I, did, I did find his testimonial compelling. That's what my problem was, was everybody treated it like it was some mic drop moment. And now we're all just supposed to change the way we think because this one. And so that's what I got into it with your friend about. And then like she tried to say that I was being disrespectful to gold star families. And I was like, no, that's not the way it works. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, you know, I am the type of person that if I wanted to say because somebody at some point, I don't know if it was you or her that was basically said that i was basically saying fuck gold star families and i was like oh i don't think you know how i work if i mm -hmm. wanted to say fuck gold star families i'd say that mm -hmm. that's not what i'm saying at all just like anybody disagreeing with me isn't a shot at the gay community mm -hmm. you're arguing with me as a person you have a difference of opinion with me it's mm -hmm. not a shot at the gay community it's not a shot at the latino community mm -hmm. it's me and you having a conversation right now and i don't necessarily agree with what you said mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to come down to like all of a sudden and we're in it over something bigger mm -hmm. than what it is you know i yeah. mean like do i have questions like you know i've been to bahrain and i was told that i really shouldn't be out alone that's mm -hmm. what i was told you know i yeah. mean like i am obviously gay mm -hmm. and that's not really in line with their thinking and their religion mm -hmm. and they do have um the military guys told us because we were there to perform for the military and the military military guys had told us that even when it comes to them as military if something were to go wrong because mm -hmm. of the way that the agreements are set up with them even having a base in bahrain mm -hmm. They, and if something were to go wrong and they were to do something like even kill one of the military guys in the street, mm -hmm. there's really not a lot they can do about it mm -hmm. because of the way the agreements work out. And basically they're doing us a favor by even letting us have a base on their land. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's kind of and I think that's where a lot of people don't understand that, like, sometimes as gay people, maybe we wouldn't be the most sympathetic mm -hmm. some of us wouldn't i'm not speaking for all of the gay community i'm yeah. just saying i know some of us aren't the most sympathetic because we do occasionally see some crazy stuff like you know that footage they had of, of the gay man getting launched off the building mm -hmm. you know like when you see shit like that and it's like oh that's what you want to bring over here i don't know if i'm down well, well, I would think you wouldn't be down. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, it's... Uh, like staying inside the building. <laughs> yeah, so it's just, you know, it's... Well, I mean, I think that... Uh, so, I mean, for one thing, I'll say this. I think it's okay to criticize culture. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of a double standard that people have on the left where they think they can criticize the culture of businesses or white people or, 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 or colleges or walk rooms, whatever. They'll criticize culture to the end of the day. But if you say... You know, here's the thing about Muslim culture, whatever. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa you can't do that, you know. Um, uh, I think it's okay to criticize culture, but I think it's also important to, you know, have a, a factual basis about it and to keep things in perspective. And so one thing I've had on Unsafe Space, we did a show on Islam, you mm -hmm. know, and one of the panelists was uh, an ex-Muslim. Um, she'd left the faith, and she had an interesting perspective, which was that, like, you know, on the one hand... You know, I don't want people to whitewash the fact that, like, when I left the faith, I got death threats, you know, um, and that, like, there were people in my community who would, you know, be kicked out of their family if they were gay, you know. That's not exclusive, you mm -hmm. know, to Muslims. I mean, certainly there's, you know, people of other faiths who kick out their kids for being gay or, you know, send death threats over whatever blog. But, like, for her, you know, I think this was a cult in her eyes, and I think validly it's a it was a cultural issue and a cultural problem at the same time she said you know what i mean but i also don't want people just maligning me and thinking i'm a terrorist because i was born muslim mm -hmm. and because you know people don't know that i've left the faith even but they see me and i'm middle eastern you know and 
you know, they'll, they'll treat me like with suspicion or I'll get screened or whatever, you know, and she had a problem with that. And I think, you know, so I, I wish we could just have a more educated conversation about like, you know, these are the problems that exist in this culture. That being said, you know, obviously we've got millions of Muslims here and we don't have millions of terrorist attacks because 99.9 whatever percent of Muslims have no interest in committing a terrorist attack or blowing themselves up and, you know, uh, or committing, you know, whatever hate crime against their gay kids or whatever, you know, like, I mean, I'm sure it happens. I'm sure maybe it happens at a, you know, 0.01% of the population instead of 0.001% of the population, you know, for some other faith. But I think it's, it's necessary to, to be willing to criticize and call out, um, you know, toxic behavior, no matter what the community is at the same time, it's necessary to not blow it out of proportion and resort to stereotypes because of that. Yeah, I don't know. It makes sense. I just also sometimes wonder why we have to bring them here to find this out. You know what I mean? Like why in large numbers do we have to all just be open to having people come here, whether they're refugees? It's sometimes it's like, you know, maybe some of us do want to put a pause on it until maybe somebody explains it to us in a way without calling us stupid or Mm -hmm. is willing to have some sort of conversation. Yeah. And in some ways it's like whatever's going on in your country is going on in your country. Mm-hmm. You know, if I were like, you always hear people saying that, you know, things go wrong in the United States. Trump gets elected. They're moving to Canada. Mm-hmm. Well, Canada might not want you. <laughs> I literally had a friend who was, uh, worked in Canadian immigration and part of her job was telling Americans that they couldn't just move there Yeah, because <laughs> they're not an American. Yeah. You got to have skills. <laughs> yeah. It's, and yeah. so, I mean, like, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, like wanting people because I've been very honest about it. I don't know a lot about, you know, the Muslim faith at all. I mean, Mm -hmm. like I've been to a mosque before, but that was in Bahrain. And just because we went kind of as one of the tourist things we decided to do, you know, but I saw it and it was, you know, because we were in, you know, went for the tour and everything like that. And um, it seemed cool and peaceful (laughs) yeah you know so so i've seen that side Mm -hmm. but then i don't really know and it was kind of weird when a friend of mine said that he was um i don't remember the term he used but he he was not a religious person like he didn't believe in god but he did believe like in a higher power of some sort and, you know, being good to people and that kind of stuff. And I don't remember exactly how he described it, mm-hmm. but, um, the woman that was our tour guide just kind of went blank and like, couldn't wrap her head around uh-huh. it at all. Yeah. And that was kind of, you know, weird to see too. Cause I mean, like it was like a different kind of like here, people get annoyed or whatever when mm-hmm. you say that kind of stuff, if they're religious, you know, mm-hmm. but for her, it seemed like it, Almost just didn't compute altogether that anybody could think that way, you know? And yeah. So that was a little bit weird for me. Uh, that's odd. Um, I have been to uh, a mosque in L.A. Um, and that's one thing I'd, I'd recommend, honestly. Like, if you're curious about it, like, the doors are open. You mm-hmm. know, these places. I went to the Los Angeles Islamic Center. It's right downtown. Very friendly, you know, and it's cool to see that. And, you know, I go to churches, too. Like, see what, what's in your community, you know? And get that first-hand perspective. I think that's that's always a good thing. I don't want to get stoned, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to ask the wrong question and get fucking stoned, all right? <laughs> I'm sure you will not. Uh, only digitally, online, on your Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, that's, that's the regular. Yeah, um, um, it's almost time for us to wrap up. Yeah. But uh, before we did, I want to talk to you about um, when I did Unsafe Space and the yeah. lady stormed <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> did yeah. you ever talk to her again? I did. Yeah. I uh I just emailed her to say, you know, sorry, you know, sorry you were mad. Uh thanks anyway for coming and for your time, you know. Uh-huh. I didn't apologize, but I, you know, just you know, wanted to smooth thing do like a if we cool, you know, kind of a thing, I guess. Um, you know, I don't want people to blog about us. So yeah. Did she um, respond? Yeah, she was like, uh, yeah, it's just a short, polite reply. All right, yeah, thanks anyway, or whatever, something like that. I don't remember the actual words. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that was an interesting. I think that was the only time that's happened. 
um, that someone's left in the middle of the show. That's the fun of having me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was trying to be nice to her. I just eventually got tired of her. Yeah. Because I don't like when people um, want to tell me what's in my best interest. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, to me, that's really insulting and... You know, if you want to talk about microaggressions and mm-hmm. racism, uh, <laughs> like yeah. to me, you know, it's it's almost like th- almost the racial equivalent of here, little lady, let me grab that for you. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you don't think I can handle this idea myself or deciding who I yeah. think I should be voting for? You know, like you're going to tell me what's in my best interest, but you don't know anything about me other than the fact that I'm brown and I'm gay. Yeah, and that's what it is. It's the reduction of you to those characteristics. Yeah. Which is so backwards in terms of progress, <laughs> you know? To yeah. To think of you as just, uh, as just that. And I wasn't assuming anything about her, even though I could take her factors and, you know, assume, like, you know, you're a blonde woman, you're a blonde mm-hmm. white woman, you know, and mm-hmm. there's the stereotypes that people have about that, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're automatically a bimbo. Well, I don't think that at all. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't, I know plenty of women that are blonde that are smart you know so like for me it's like if i'm not doing that to you Mm -hmm. then i would really prefer you not do that with me either yeah you know yeah i don't know i I totally understand that uh it was interesting listening back to that episode you know because you see it one way when it's on stage Mm -hmm. you know and then uh when you hear the recording you know just similarly with stand-up right you Mm -hmm. know you often have a different perception so it was interesting um and uh, yeah, I mean, I still don't think she was, <laughs> in my opinion, you know, justified in walking off. I see why she was angry. Um, I, you know, I think she was shitty to you and that brought it upon itself. But also, you know, she was getting cut off, not not just by you, but also by Helen and Lou. And, you know, comics, when it's a edgy topic, this is like a post-election show, like mm-hmm. a day or two after the election. So feelings are very raw. Um, and I get why she was frustrated. But I, I think... She did something that, uh, you know, I do see on the left a bit now, and maybe it happens on the right, and I'm just not as aware of it, but, like, it felt like you have you have said uh, this argument, which hits the space on my bingo card, you know, and therefore I'm justified in walking out, and that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I am... Like she would say, like she's like, I'm not. It's not my job to explain something to you, and I'm like, you're a professor. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if someone doesn't explain, you know, understands. Yeah, I mean, you should still have to defend your argument and explain why you believe that. But I think that there's like, I'm sure she read a blog at some point that said we're tired of having to explain our activism, and so that she's made that switch where it's like, if someone asks me to explain something, I don't have to do it, and I can be mad at them, and I'm right and they're wrong. You know? Yeah. And. If someone, uh, you know, will get this where someone will make there's some blatant stereotype about like guys or something like that. And I'm like, well, you know, what about these counterexamples? And it's like, oh, you're making a not all men argument or something like that or whatever. And it's like, first of all, I mean, that's a logical response to a blatant malignant stereotype. You know, Mm -hmm. if I said all women are, are bimbos and you're like, well you know, my mom worked three jobs and whatever, I wouldn't be like, oh, you're making a not all women argument. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. you're de- dealing, not dealing with a societal whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, but like people have those like knee jerk responses to these, um, you know, to these places that are common that people go to and they've convinced themselves that, you know, they're right by reacting a certain way that's been approved by their community. But uh, it's not really thoughtful and I don't think it's productive. Yeah, well, when I thought about it and I watched bits of it because I didn't watch the whole thing, but I did Mm -hmm. watch bits of it when, uh, you know, you posted it. Mm -hmm. I saw definitely where I could have handled things a little differently, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe been a little more fun about certain things. I also, though, at that point was kind of tired of people attacking me, especially, you know, when she sat down and immediately said, fuck you. Mm -hmm. Like that did hit me a certain way. And it was kind of like and then. When she was going to walk off, I, and this is something I need to work on, <laughs> but 
I can tell when people are on the edge and getting mm. ready to, and I, I, I just have that way of finding that thing to mm. fucking, and I knew when she said, I'm an expert. And I said, no, you're not. It's going to mm. fucking piss her off. I knew yeah. I was just going to fucking, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I knew it. I, so I mean like, that's why I just went for it. I was like, mm. yeah, let me see if I can make this happen mm. now, you know, like, <laughs> and I didn't know she was going to walk off, but I knew I was going to get something mm -hmm. very real out of her, whatever yeah. it was, you know, I was hoping for, her to actually just curse me out and people <laughs> get to see like you know <laughs> mm. but instead she fucking took her ball and went home yeah and i'm just like oh yeah uh. <laughs> but i and i also you know afterwards when i was watching it i wanted i wished i could have just asked her you know when she said exactly what you brought up the um i don't have to explain or it's not my job to explain I want, I, looking back at it, I wanted to ask her, like, well, then why'd you show up here? Yeah. Because that's all this show was supposed to be about, was yeah. us talking about our yeah. opinions. And <laughs> it's not much of a debate if you say, this is my belief and it's right, and someone says why, and you're like, I don't have to explain it to you. Yeah, it's like, just show's over. <laughs> well, yeah. me neither. And then yeah. everybody's just like, yeah, okay, then I'm not either. And mm. All right, then we all just pack it up and go home, I guess. Yeah. The show's over. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. It's not much of a discussion. Yeah, but no, I'm glad you were able to do Unbothered finally. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Was there anything you wanted to talk about before we get out of here? Um, I guess one of the things in the in the back of my mind, because we touched upon it earlier, but I had a, a thought, which was when it comes to bringing Muslims abroad, you know, over here, and I guess, you know, and I'm not trying to convince you necessarily, but um, this is my take on it. Mm -hmm. um, I guess, you know, you have cases like, I guess one of the publicized ones is the Jews, you know, who during the Holocaust, um, there were ships of them that came over here and people had very similar arguments. They said some of them could be German spies or whatever. Um, so we shouldn't take the risk. We shouldn't leave them. And uh, we shouldn't let them into the country. And they went back and they were all killed. Um, and I think that, you know, even if one, even if there's a non-zero risk, I think it does take a little bit of courage, you know, to say, hey, we're going to take a little bit, uh, a small risk. Maybe we would let in a wrong person, but we're saving in, we're saving a lot of lives of people who are fleeing the people that we're fighting, you know? I mean, when ISIS, you know, conducts suicide bombings in markets, when Assad shovels barrels full of explosives into people's homes, like that creates victims, that that creates, you know, people that we, we should be protecting if we're going to espouse these values of freedom and democracy and, and, and stand up for something better. And I do think also we, we do, it's not like we don't gain anything from having people like that in here. You know, Albert Einstein, you know, was a Jew who came over here during World War II mm -hmm. um, and stayed here because the U.S., you know, gave him sanctuary and didn't make him go back. And, you know, so people do contribute. It's not just like we're taking this risk with nothing to gain. And uh, so, I, I don't know, I, that, that's my thinking as to why. I, I wish that we were more welcoming and accepted higher numbers of refugees. Yeah, and I, I can see how some people feel that way. Like, for me, it's even when you completely take fear out of it, mm -hmm. there's a part of me that feels like, maybe as a country we need to figure out what we're doing with the population we have now before we start adding, mm -hmm. especially in large volume, more and more people. It's kind of like we're trying to figure stuff out here. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like, I look at it like here in my apartment, right? If, say, you were having a hard time mm -hmm. and, you know, you're in your place, <laughs> mm -hmm. here wherever you are let's say the valley i don't know where you live but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so uh you're in the valley and mm -hmm. you know you're having a hard time or whatever well say that i'm trying to figure out what it is i'm doing just as far as my finances and you know figure out a system at my place just get a rhythm mm -hmm. here well you now are being kicked out of your place or having whatever problems at your place mm -hmm. and i'm sort of like well I still got to figure out what I'm doing over here or I can't really take care of you or I don't really know if I can take care of you because I'm trying to figure out what it is I'm doing, mm -hmm. you know, 
And it's it's kind of the same to me, the same mm-hmm. thinking, even if you completely take fear out of it, because I'm obviously not afraid of you. I don't think you're going to come here and rob me or, you know, that's like, where you're wrong, Todd. <laughs> OK, well, I'm dead. This is the last episode. Stealing those dogs. <laughs> this is the last episode. Peter and Jerry, be good to your new owner. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so like even if you completely take fear out of it, it's like we still have a lot to figure out just mm. with what we're doing here with our population, yeah. you know. And in some cases, when I see uh, what comes here, like, say, from south of the border in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. it's like I don't really feel like we need to import crazy or criminal. <laughs> <laughs> we got enough of that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, you know, we got to figure, and we obviously have to figure out what we're even doing with that. Like the mental health situation in this country right now mm-hmm. is pretty out of control, you know? I mean, like it just. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not perfect. I mean, that's for sure. We definitely have a lot of shit going on that's not, you know, the way it should be in this country. But we are also a, a very big country, you know? We're 5% of the world's population, 320 million people. And, you know, the refugee numbers we're talking about are in the tens of thousands, whereas countries like, you know, like like Jordan, which has a population of, like, 5 million now, is, like, 2 million refugees, you know? I mean, so, in my mind, proportionally, I, I think we could handle it. There's also, there's also towns, you know, places like Vermont and Maine where there aren't enough young people to do the necessary jobs, and they need Reached immigrants. Like the Just high shelf or... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> senior citizens starving to death because they can't reach the phones. Yeah, just because they can't. <laughs> so great. Uh, yeah, no. Well, uh, even like I and I get it, and I'm not saying my way is the right way, or you know, I mean, I'm just it's just another way to look sure. at it. So, um, and that's like I said, it's one of the things I like about listening to you or reading your Facebook or talking to you is just like you know you're at least open to hearing other things and not mm. blind rage. And <laughs> yeah. I feel the same way. Like, you know, I have my feelings, but it's not like, you know, you saying that makes me feel like now you're the enemy or mm-hmm. you're on the other side. It's like, Absolutely. we're all just trying to figure it out. You yeah, know, yeah. I don't think any of us is a hundred percent right, but sometimes people want to remind me that I came from immigrants and I'm like, do you see my point? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> we don't need more of me. this thinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. Well, where can people find you just so? Uh, check out my show, Unsafe Space Show, at Unsafe Space Show uh, on all social media. We do a monthly show uh, at the Hollywood Improv, and it's also available as a podcast that you can listen to. There's plenty of great episodes with Ty on it. I think you've been on three times now. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And uh, you can find me at uh, tobythecomic.com is my website, and that is all on my social media linked from there. TobyTheComic.com. Yeah. Okay. Well, everybody, you heard it. Um, I am Ty Rivera, and you can find me at America's Favorite Fag.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you can find everything ridiculous to do with Ty Rivera. And uh, I hope you all have a good week and stay unbothered, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again, Toby. Thank you.